Welcome to Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. It is a lovely Sunday evening, a little bit later than we normally go. But hey, it's still Sunday. It's still an amazing day. And we're here to talk a little bit more about X-Wing, if my camera wants to actually show my lovely face. Tonight we have episode 27, Save the Rebellion, Save the Dream. Tonight we're going to have a conversation about how our crate cup happened to run happened to come to an end <laughs> very sad for us but we're going to have a conversation a little bit about our run uh kind of break things down a little bit um because we won't be talking crate cup much anymore unless uh, we hear from other teams saying hey we made it um we're also going to be talking about what we're thankful for since it is thanksgiving coming up and with that being said we're going to start a new mini series where we break down different factions um and kind of talk a little bit about how to get into those factions. What are some of the key things that you want? And maybe do a little bit of a, hey, if I were starting out, this is how I would start collecting Rebel. That way you don't end up like me, who uh, spent way too much money. And has almost never played Rebel ever, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, I don't almost ever. I might play Rebel this week, but we'll see. Anyway, without further ado, let me bring in my co-host for the night. Welcome to the stream, Mr. Charles and Mr. JJ. How are you all? Doing well, doing well. Yeah. Doing well, getting ready for the holiday coming up. Yeah, I have had zero time to do any prep this week between my new job. I have, because as everybody knows, I took a new job. Um, so I've been doing that. I've been also doing a little bit of freelance work as a second job to try to make a little bit extra income for Christmas. And then on top of that, uh, my nephew plays hockey which I didn't know was that intensive of a league sport. But uh, I literally just got home literally not more than 15, 20 minutes ago from an all-weekend tournament that they were in. Um, good news is they won, so yay to him. They, his, him and his team were very excited about it. Um, bad news was Chris spent more money than he cared to this weekend on food <laughs> because I don't like to eat out. And so I can't just eat junk food all the time. I had to eat, you know, at least salad a little bit. Do you say more. you do you say you don't like to eat out? No, I don't really like to eat out. Then why did we go for Mexican when I was up there? Because if I would have had you in my house, my wife would have killed killed me. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. That makes total sense. Hundred percent on board. Gotcha. Life like, preservation. Got it. Yep. Yep. Chris Chris prefers not to clean as often, and my house is definitely not people friendly very often we did actually make it people friendly recently uh around halloween time because usually halloween we have some friends over but up until then it was not it, when you came up it was definitely not uh people friendly you you would have walked uh, in and just been like eh, hey can we just go out to eat <laughs> <laughs> but no i personally charles i prefer to cook um i will go to like like i do like restaurants don't get me wrong but i prefer um my own cooking or a home cooked meal from somebody, you know, like when Bob was going to talk about cooking us meal that one day oh, yeah. works for me, you know, or like yes. when Phil made that pasta while we were doing our tournament at his house. Yep. That was, yeah, that was a, that was very nice of Phil to do that. Cause he did not have to. And B yes, it was so much nicer than eating out. It, like the food tasted better. Like, Oh, real grilled chicken that hasn't been frozen before. Yes, please. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, how was your guys' weeks um, last week? JJ, I'll let you go first. You're... 
just prepping here, really. Um, just getting ready for the holiday to come up and um, and try to get uh, get everything situated here. Luckily, we do like a group, um, like a we assigned everybody a particular like part of Thanksgiving that they have to take care of between the families that we have that gather together. So my family takes care of the desserts. So that usually includes a homemade um, coconut and cheese flans separate um, that we we make here in the house. And then we also bring over like a BJ's um, pumpkin pie uh, to bring over as well. And man, that pumpkin pie is so good. <laughs> I was gonna say that's like the, the the that's like the guy that brings the pop and the cups and plates to the company potluck. <laughs> like I'm just gonna stop and pick up a couple pies and a cake from Meyer or from Walmart or from BJ's and just roll on out. But if you're making coconut and cheese flan, uh, do I get a proxy family invite as a member of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be in Poinciana, so if you want to stop by, man. Dude, you'll be right down the street. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's We're going to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> We're lazy, but... No, my week was good. Uh, skirmish season has started for... Um, uh, for flesh and blood um so there are different seasons like there's skirmish season there's armory season there's road to national season and then there's actual nationals uh so the skirmish season just kicked off which is just it's like small little mini tournaments we had 30 people show up today uh which was a really good showing uh, a lot of good games i tried running a different deck than i have ever run before so a lot of learning uh big learning curve there uh, but overall pretty solid uh been practicing on TTS. Um, I got three of my uh, five V-Wings for Vegas. So been really working on narrowing down exactly how I want to build that list and what I want to do there for it so that when we get to Vegas, I'm not so much of a scrub that I make you and John look worse than I already do. Yeah, and we're talking about getting team t-shirts or something like that. Is that what I'm we're in. talking about. Well, I heard that we were wearing tights with underwear on the nope. outside of nope. them. Nope. Not me. <laughs> and crocs and nope. crocs, from what I understand. I don't I won't wear either of those. I don't wear crocs. Who wear I I don't wear Wait. crocs. I do. Around right. the house at least. I do. Nope. <clears throat> it, it's a Florida thing, dude. You don't want to walk around barefoot because there's tile. We don't do carpet in Florida more often than not. And so your feet look like death if you don't have some sort of slipper or house shoe or something. And Crocs are generally the safest bet. Crocs are like uh, Birkenstock style, like house sandals, uh, as as some of my friends would call them, chanclas. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Not for me though. I, I I go my my feet look like hell. We don't have carpet. We have all hardwood floor and tile. That's because you're a hobbit. You and Phil both. Yep. You yeah, you can ask shoes Phil. at all. I go. All. I go to Phil's house, and I I go. I either wear my shoes in his house, or I go barefoot. Yeah, and you can ask him. Like, especially during the summer when it was like hundreds of degrees, his basement is always warm. Phil goes to church barefoot. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe he think. Maybe he thinks. Uh, he, maybe he's he's just trying to be like one of the twelve disciples. That's possible. Who knows? Hey, what's up, Dobby? All right. Well, let's get into crate cup. So sad to say, planning phase syndicate is no longer part of Cray Cup. We did not make it out of the top 16. So there's that. <laughs> um, Hell of a run, though, guys. Hell of a run. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a it was a good run. We had a lot of fun playing it. Charles played a faction he's never played before in reality, and um, John played Rebels, and I played Separatists. And despite it was despite like I thought I would not be I would be the one that would lose this this round, and of course I was the only one that won. So it was not me this time when I normally thought it it probably should have been. Charles lost by three points. They were all um, super close games, man. And then John essentially had John won by one missed shot on um, Vader. Vader was one call from half, and um, Rexler was two haul from half. So now, with that being said, they we have some interesting list ideas. I am not going to lie and say there's a probability I will be running two defenders at my local um, because I can. I guess I think that's how we're gonna i'm gonna do that i don't know but i think i might um that sounds like a lot of fun uh on the other hand i'm not going to run uh bosk and ben because i don't find that you can glare at me all you want but i'm not not <laughs> i don't find that list i didn't find that list very interesting bosk is amazing sure again sure. i wish i wish in 2.0 we could put an engine upgrade on on the houndstooth because it's a pain to get turned around uh but other than that i'm i'm 100 percent in but on then, board for engine it, upgrade it would never have been caught by your bombs in your last match if you had engine upgrade it didn't get caught by my bombs anyway <laughs> I, I dropped a counter net on it yeah you, you did. see you got some proxies off you got some counter nets off you were literally three points, three points. So it, yeah, it, it came. There was two moves. So Charles's game came down to two moves, and that was it. One move where he boosted one of his V wings in versus holding in an effort to block Fen and Bosk. Um, and Fen shot around it. If he had not boosted in, he, we would have blocked Fen, and there's Charles would have won that game with just yeah, that I one maneuver. There was there was a point where my V-Wing was on the lower right-hand side of the board, and instead of boosting, what I should have done was barrel roll left, which would have guaranteed the block on Fen. So there was that. Um, Johns came down to watching a bunch of defenders run away, and then Vader gets caught randomly. Um, I don't remember where he got caught, but Vader got caught, and essentially was able to almost get half points on him, but those defenders are slippery, and with John having to do nothing but turnaround maneuvers with his X-Wings, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah, and his opponent just managed to set him up in a way where he split his forces, and understandably so, but, you know, he dragged them through the rocks, and they're splitting his forces, and ultimately the X-Wings couldn't keep time on target on one particular defender to burn it down, um and vader just just happened to slip away that focus evade um like action economy on the defenders when they're not blocked is just really good it helps them stay really defensive yep so with that being said that kind of ends it, it's it's actually probably for the best that it ended in fairness just with the fact that um uh, the holidays next week and i don't know if they're gonna if they take a week off or not um, but I know we have a pretty busy schedule personally. I know with family and stuff like that. Um, I won't have any hockey games, luckily. 
but <laughs> um, <laughs> we do have a busy schedule. And then uh, Jink Tank sign-ups start. So I don't know when that starts in December. I guess I didn't read the promo, but I will be playing in Jink Tank. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be playing in Jink Tank just because I, I like that idea a lot, and I think it's kind of a fun concept um, to do. So I wanted to participate this time. Yeah, that's a fun. Uh, that's a fun tourney. Actually, the, the first one that Fly Better did, and uh, that was just a ton of fun because you there's no way to prepare for it, and you just fly whatever you can as best as you can. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. So now the question is: so, so I'm going to steal the show a little bit, JJ, before we get into what's thankful, right? Where I I, I want to ask, and we'll, if you're going to do Jank Tank, right? Because okay, everybody knows my faction is Separatist. That's what I run. I spend a lot of time playing it. I do not think Jank Tank helps separatist I, if you get the fire spray great right but without that fire spray yeah it, it can get a little tough i mean because you could end up in a situation where you end up with mixed arms and no tactical droid for your vultures and or um like uh, the hyena bombers so it, it's it's risky it's risky to run separatists with it um but you never know yeah because i've been I... thinking go ahead I was going to say, I wish, and, and I'm going to say this, and, and Chris, you're welcome to disagree with me. I've only run one Separatist list ever, <laughs> uh, and it was right when the Fire Spray was released. I wish that there was more depth in CIS. I wish that Separatists had a little bit more depth to be able to do something other than Fire Spray and Support or Swarm, and that's it. Now, we saw during Crate Cup that one guy ran two um, two Scimitar fighters. I was super excited to see how that was going to do, and unfortunately, you wrecked his day. But it's still one of those things where I just wish that, because with, like, for instance, the, the opposite end of that spectrum is Republic. Republic can do a swarm right republic can do aces republic can do big ships with the lat and the arc republic has a lot of different depth and a different setup when it comes to that so i just wish cis had a little bit more depth um to be more fun for the people that enjoy playing it rather than kind of being stuck into two archetypes yeah and i so i'll i'll disagree a little bit with the fact that there's only two archetypes what I won't disagree with is the type and style of play. Um, I think there's more than two, but it's we're talking three, four, if you want to push. I can run four HMP droids. I can run five HMP droids. I can run a, a mixed arm of HMP with Grievous. You know, like, you can do that. Um, and so you kind of get your middle beef. But we're, but in fairness, a lot of it is swarmish because everything is well except for nantaxes i mean we just bring nantax back that's what i'm hearing i'm hearing charles again, we're, back for, to, we're back our, to swarm no five of them well the the other thing to take into consideration is that the, the you know if you're running specifically swarm right you're relying a lot on the tactical droid or having a linchpin in your list that's going to boost those other those other ships right but in jank tank format, there's no guarantee that you're gonna end up with a with a um, with a tactical droid that's gonna boost the, the whole squad. And that's not to say that you know you're not gonna end up with a bunch of independent calculate vultures in the first place anyway, which it doesn't matter. But um, 
I think that it reduces the efficiency of the list because you're getting those mixed arms that really don't interact with each other that very well because you can end up with Nantexes and HMPs, um, or you can end up with hyenas and uh, Belbalaub, um, like generic, or the Sith Infiltrator um, generic, you know? So, all right. So just while I was at the hockey stuff this weekend, you have like downtime, a little bit of downtime between games because they're younger because they're in the 10 to 12 age group. You can't run two back-to-back games, right? But you got to be there an hour ahead of time to, for them to get dressed and all of that crap. So the funny thing is, is, so while they're getting dressed, you're just sitting there waiting, just waiting. So I threw together some Jing Tank stuff. So I'm sitting on my phone doing this, and you know, like my brother-in-law is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "I'm trying to figure out which list to run for Jing Tank or which faction, I guess, <coughs> to run for Jing Tank, um, because the faction I normally run doesn't work." And, and then. Um, I did the Separatist and I never once got Grievous. I never once got Django. I never once got Zam ever. I got like a back toy probe with delayed fuses and no bombs, you know, um, vultures. And this is where I don't, I don't know if it was a fluke on my phone, but I don't know if they fill independent calculates into every field. So I don't know how that's going to work if it doesn't happen. Um, so I got to test that again to see if I could get that to do the same thing, right? You know, like force it to do that. But with, with separatists, I just, all I did was was found that I was going to flounder. And it just felt like unless I got a good Sith infiltrator or a good fire spray, it was worthless. But then I ran. And so I did the same thing with scum because I thought, you know, I don't run scum very often. That could be fun because there's a lot of ships. It's, it's, it's like worse. I mean, like you get good ships. Like I got Finn Rao one time. But then I got a whole bunch of crap with it. I got like three M3As with nothing on them, just naked. Um, Fen Rao, I got, it's not Bosk, it's uh, Lats Razi. I don't know how Lats Razi? Yep. Yeah. Naked. And then somebody else. And that was it. Well, like a good example. So I just hit randomize to build a jank list. And I got Black Sun Assassin with Pattern Analyzer and Plasma Torpedoes. Not bad. I'm I'm hyped that it gave me a Star Viper for my first ship. Then I get Graz, uh, which is great. Uh, but with Electronic Baffle, because that's what a Kiraz fighter wants to do, is take damage to get rid of a red token. Magpulse Warheads and False Transponder Codes, a naked Z95 generic, and the Autopilot Drone in the Escape Craft. Hoorah for those last two. <laughs> Run the pilot, the drone up the middle, and boom. <laughs> so you only get so far in three turns before it explodes, anyway. So then the question I have is: it, other than separatists, which I think we can all probably agree, Chris should not run. Is there any real reason, like, to pick certain factions, or do you just pick something that you can fly the best? Um, in my experience from the last Jank Tank, uh, the First Order was the best faction um, because they had a greater, or sorry, they had less options to choose from at the time. Um, but now so, they've got those new ships, don't they? In which they are good. The Whisper and the 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 FO Bomber are good. Um, so the factions that have less options for you tend to give you better results. Um, I I haven't run. Like any new list now since the, the release of the of the new pack, um, but in previous um, 
in the previous Gen 10 tournament that I participated on, I found that on average, uh, FO made out better because you had a higher chance of getting better ships. Not necessarily better upgrades, but you had better pilots that can function on their own. Um, and Or you would end up with like a, a swarm of um, the SF fighters, uh, which are really tanky. So. so here is my randomized Jing tank, right? So let's let's do it again. I put less upgrades. Um, I left it open. Fill all zero slots. This is scum. I know I'm diverting this whole thing, but way to just derail the entire episode. Yeah, but here you go. I'm getting three ships now. All of a sudden, I have 37 leftover points. This is B BS. So, like, what happens when you run Jane Tank and that happens? You know? Yeah, that's pretty tough. I just so before you do it though, go in and change your your maximal desired bid to zero. But don't you yeah. want to leave a bid so that that way, when you get rid of an upgrade, you have extra points to put something you want on it? <clears throat> Me personally, I would say in old X Wing, sure. In modern X Wing, no. Fill it out as close as you can. Because in old I mean, X Wing, bids were good. You wanted at least a little bit of a bid because if somebody filled out more of their squad than you, you could go first or choose to go second if it benefited you. In new X Wing, where bids aren't a thing and all you're doing is giving your opponent the points, nah. Because if you have a five-point upgrade that you're going to drop and you replace it with a three-point upgrade, now you're giving up eight points instead of... The um, the rules for Jank Tank, are you allowed to make any changes to your generated list? Uh, the last Jank Tank I was in, they allowed you to swap one upgrade. Okay. You couldn't yeah. change your pilots. You were stuck with the ships that you got, but you could get rid of one upgrade and add one because inevitably you got okay, like... Good. You got like a Fang Fighter with electronic baffle on it or something like that. And you're like, why would I ever use that? So, like, this list here is, oh, like, for Jang Tank, this list seems pretty good. Other than you would almost want to, I can't put a crew on Boba, right? So, like, I can't do the IG, you know, any of this stuff. Like, this IG title is silly. Yeah, but I mean, you go for the efficiency, right? The the IGB is the one that lets you shoot a cannon after you miss a shot, right? Yeah, which is good. I like this. Yeah, I like that yeah. ship, actually. Yeah, the only thing I would change here is probably Cutthroat and put it to, like, I don't know, Outmaneuver or Fearless or something uh, on Boba just to increase his efficiency that way. And I think the rest is fine, honestly. I mean, you, this trajectory simulator is worthless on IG. Yeah. And the question is, is do you leave Cutthroat on there and you drop Trajectory Simulator and add it, either add something else to IG or add something else, or do you drop Cutthroat and, or Connerneth and add a bomb? Uh, drop Trajectory for, um, for, Good night, Nora. for the title, Marauder, and get the rerolls at the back. So drop Cutthroat and put Marauder? No, uh, Trajectory for, for oh, Marauder. Yep. Okay, there you go. There, see, now I have this is a semi viable list. So, fine. So, I could go yeah. back and say maybe I'll run Scum. But you were saying you think FO is good? Yeah, I think I think FO is good. 
yeah, I think they they probably have the the advantage, honestly. I I agree, and I think it's just because where they they get a boost where CIS <laughs> doesn't, because with CIS you get a lot of generic pilots because oh, they're very swarmy. With FO, they don't have a lot of generics. They have like maybe five or six ships and they have one generic each, so you have a better chance of getting named pilots. Like, there we go. This is good. This is good. Right so, here. <laughs> except, for, except for I don't have my configuration. So do I have to drop something to add a configuration, even if it's zero points? So in this case, I'll drop Snapshot on Kylo and add the the new gunner that came out for... Um, in the pack um he has a generic uh, number on it on the gunner slot for quick draw um he basically assigns a strain uh when he engages so that's actually really good for quick draw yeah dt798 yeah the only problem i have is i don't get this configuration with kylo and i want this like i didn't even yeah, that's take true. patience but you know what? Yeah, okay. Because you could take compassion as well. If I had always filled this, if I had that on, it would have filled it in. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if I want to run. I run FO. I wrote. I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to take up the whole podcast. Me going through what <laughs> I would run. Hey, we could do our our, our own version of Jank Tank, you know, just to test it between us. If you want to do that, in the middle of the week. Hey, maybe that would be fun. That would be kind of fun. No cheating though. <laughs> and I swear, I get screwed in Jank Tank every time because Matt and I used to do this for fun during COVID, and then, um, Matt would always get something, and we just said, like one time he got Lieutenant, um. Uh, not lieutenant. Who's uh the stupid uh trench guy in the Upsilon? Uh, yeah, he uh, got Tavison. Tavison? Yeah. Tavison? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got Tavison like three times when we did that. Like <laughs> it was just like insane. And like just that ship alone being able to just throw four dice mm-hmm. and and know, doesn't need any upgrades whatsoever. You just need him by itself. That's it. So, all right. Well, that, maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll do that this week. And so what do you fun. thankful for, Chris? What's that? What am I thankful for? Um, yeah. Well, I'm thankful for Road, and I know nobody's going to like that opinion. Um, but I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'm thankful that we're getting um, AMG to actually engage with us, I guess, if, if we're going to talk X-Wing related things. I'm happy that they're starting to engage with us that they are seeing it as a need rather than a, well, I must do this. So I'm going to, they, they seem to actually want to engage with us. And again, whether we agree right with all of their stuff or not is inconsequential. Um, but at least they're seeing a need to talk with us and come to the table and say, Hey, this is where we're at. So, we may not like where they're going all the time. We may not like every one of the changes. We may not like the format that they portray it in, but at least they're not ignoring us any longer. 
I think for me, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm <clears throat> I'm thankful for changes. Um, I love X-wing. I loved 1.0 X-wing. Um, I really enjoy 2.0 X-wing. But if a game is going to live, things have to change periodically. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse. Um, but every game that I have ever played, whether it's Magic the Gathering, whether it's X-Wing, whether it's Destiny, uh, whether it's Star Wars minis, they all had rules changes. They all had major changes that were done that made people unhappy about them. Um, and you adapt. And that's that's kind of the purpose of a living game, right? It's not It's not Monopoly, where the rules never change no matter how many times you play the game. It's not Connect 4, where every time I open the box, the game is going to be the same. The purpose of having a game that has a competitive scene is that it's a living, breathing entity that constantly has to adapt and change its format in order to keep it fresh. Otherwise, Nantex Swarms win everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I'm, I'm just um, thankful for the new content that's coming up. Um, I'm really excited to get more iconic ships on the board, um, seeing the Gauntlet Fighter come out, seeing the Racer Crest coming out. Um, those are ships that I've been waiting for for a long time and um, had to actually, I was afraid for a while, actually, when AMG took over that I thought that that was just going to end up in the back burner, um, you know, due to whatever changes they wanted to do. But the fact that they've um, taken the time to at least reveal some spoilers for us for those particular ships. Um, just really glad to see that we have new content coming down the road and, you know, for everything that's gone on so far with, um, with our game so far, um, since they, the takeover AMG, I'm thankful that we don't have the release schedule that we have, like with Armada, <laughs> I'm an Armada player as well and waiting one to two years for a single ship to be released as an expansion to the game, uh, with no other news in between. I'm glad that X-Wing is not that. Um, for better or worse, honestly. So. Fair enough. So we're gonna go back a second. I want to show you. I want to show you something, JJ. <laughs> and you, you're making the case for me to fly FO. Yeah, that was. That, don't that blame was him for that. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. That's insane. Other than the skilled bombardier with the delayed fuses. Like. Yeah. That's. I mean, it's a really fat Gideon, and you could probably burn him down, but anyway. But then you waste, you know, shots that could go to the other fighters that are, you know, putting more damage into you. Yeah. Yeah, so here we just drop that. <laughs> Boom. Or I could get rid of Collision Detector and no, go even more aggressive. Yeah, leave that. You put him in a tight spot with uh, with Gideon, and he just ignores debris, and, and he gets free shots on people. I think that's actually pretty good. All right, this is the jank tank list. I'm flying against you this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just kidding. Just no, kidding. Not. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I won't be that big of a dick. Normally I am, but... All right, so for the main portion that we wanted to kind of get to tonight is... JJ has put together a big document. And what we wanted to do is kind of do like faction breakdown, right? And this is just kind of a mini segments that we're doing. We're not going to do this every week um, specifically, but this is kind of like the next set of 
things that we want to put out there for people. Um, and essentially what we want to do is we want to break it down, not just for the beginners, right? We want to break it down for anybody, but essentially this is geared towards um, introducing people to a faction. And, and and this has come up more in my local lately. We've got quite a few new players coming to the local who've been playing less than a year, some as little as one month to up to a year, and some who have only played one faction for six years, uh, Tori. Um, and, <laughs> I miss um, Tori. Yeah, Tori's a great guy. He was not very happy when I beat him in this week, but um, <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, what 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 we wanted to do is we're going to kind of go through some of the different cards, maybe some quick builds, because the idea is is if you're going to buy into a faction, right? What do you want to buy into? And you know, like this is not like a holiday buyer's guide. That, that's not what this is. This is, <laughs> this is prep your Black Friday shopping, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This is literally us saying, hey, if if this faction tickles your fancy, this is kind of what we feel are some of the better pieces. And, and these are not going to be your top-of-the-line competitive. We're not going to have a Nora um, Nora or a Dutch and Hera and all these other things that all fit together. We're, we're going to go through things that are fun to fly and then talk about some of the different interactions that we can get from each of them. Hopefully, the Rebel Faction is something that we can break down in one sitting, um, but they are a rather large faction. Um, and so, anyway, so we're, that's, how, that's what we're going to do. And JJ put a lot of uh, <coughs> no dash. Um, fuck dash. And JJ <laughs> put a lot of um, a lot of effort into going through this, and each of us are going to do one of these. So Charles is going to do Scum, obviously. I'll probably get stuck doing separatist because i don't think either of you play separatist um i have taste you have a t you have a taste you have a taste for droids i play them all man i'm a collector there you we'll do go. it um so anyway so why don't you go ahead and kick us off dj all right cool so uh again just like uh you're saying chris you know the purpose of this is to like you know introduce everybody um no matter what uh what experience you have with the game to um, just reintroduce you to the rebel faction itself, uh, what they what they're good at, uh, what the design is behind the faction as a whole, and kind of break down um, each individual chassis as well to kind of give people a better understanding what that chassis is good for. Um, to hopefully uh, make it easier for you to um, list build or whenever you have that get that particular ship into your into your squadron. Um, or if you're starting out and you're not sure what you want to buy first um, for for that particular faction that you're getting into, um, this this hopefully will serve as a as a nice guide for you to kind of give you or, or pique your interest um, in into this particular faction for tonight. So starting with the rebels, right? The faction identity for this um, for this particular faction is um, being selfless and uh, hopeful, kind of marked by their unique talent cards that they have on on this Except faction. For Dash. Except for Dash, yes. <laughs> the majority of those abilities um, for a lot of those uh, those aces that are on the on the Rebel side um, are tailored around that. Um, they they provide benefits to the weak mates with tokens um, or uh, like free 
like additional abates, like whatever needed um, in exchange for their own ship taking a punishment for it, like, you know, like sacrificing our health or sacrificing a token for it. Um, so the first one that we'll start off with here is going to be the ARC-170. Now, um, before we go into each one of the ships, I do want to preface this that if you're starting to get into X-Wing and you want to start at, with the Rebellion as your faction that you want to get into the game, um, the one thing that I would absolutely recommend um, for is you new change players your mind. is <laughs> no, is the Rebel Conversion Kit um, in addition to the core set. Because as your collection grows um, while you're playing the game and you decide to get some of the older models that you can usually find on sale through a lot of retailers that usually have sales, uh, miniature market being a good one cool stuff uh, also does sales every once in a while or you find them on ebay or somebody selling them through a lot the rebel conversion kit helps you automatically transfer those old models into 2.0 and it provides all the dials that you need it provides all the the pilot cards that you need already uh, to get those ships on the table for you and play immediately in there for you so while we're going through each one of these um these chassis here will try to provide like basic builds for each one of the pilots um, for the the minimum cost of entry into the game and uh, and then go from there. So starting with the ARC 170, this is going to be more of a tanky type uh, ship, a tank class. It has a lot of health um, for, for a medium base ship for the Rebellion. Um, it has uh, two arcs, one facing forward, one facing backwards, shooting three dice out the front, two dice out the back, and one agility. Um, this can definitely go into the fray um, to deal with the enemy, take a lot of damage, and deal a lot of damage back. It has a lot of good time on target because of the dual arcs, and uh, each pilot um, that comes in the Rebellion for this particular uh, chassis has individual uses for it. So uh, we look at Char Bay here. Charbay uh, uh, reads, while you defend or perform a primary attack, you may spend one lock that you have in the enemy ship to add one focus result to your die results. So a basic build for this particular ship is the R3 Astromech, which allows you to gain a second lock whenever you take a target lock action, and then uh, Saw Guerrero Crew. So for your primary action with Charbay, you can go in, grab an enemy lock, um, on an enemy, one to use immediately, hopefully, another to use either on defense if you could get a focus from somebody else, or to set up a second shot on somebody else. And Saw Guerrera helps you um, immediately convert that additional focus that you get from spending your target lock on that enemy ship into a critical at an expense of health. Um, so that's a really nice basic uh, build for that particular ace that, uh, that can be really effective on the board for this particular ship. The next one to look at here is uh, uh, Ibetisem, if I'm not missaying that. Um, Ibetisem allows you to shed a stress whenever you, um, or sorry, you roll a die to shed a stress whenever you do a red maneuver. Um, that is a really nice ability to help keep your front arc in the fray. Um, helps you become a little bit more of a knife fighter to stay on, uh, keep your time on target. And um, and I think that this is actually a really underutilized uh, um, pilot for the chassis. Um, notably because the other pilots in the chassis um, do have really useful abilities. But I think that this is a, a sleeper ace here. So... Um, for Ibetistem, a nice basic build here. Um, and again, this is using just the rubber conversion kit um, that um, that has all these pilots in there and all the all the cards in it is adding um, Elusive and the Chopper Astromech. 
Now, this is something that I personally love to use a lot with um, with Jack Porkins on the T70, but uh, Elusive allows you to reroll a defense dice while you're defending, and then the Chomper Astromech allows you to spend a non-recurring charge to regenerate a shield. Now, the nice thing about this particular combo is that you can use Chopper as an action to spend the Elusive charge and regain a shield. And you can do this over and over again as long as you're doing uh, the red maneuvers to regenerate that elusive charge. And you can uh, regenerate a shield and still take an attack, which is a really nice benefit um, to have on this particular ship to keep it in the in the game longer and still taking shots. The now, um, before, before we go too far, so yeah, so I agree with you on the elusive chopper thing. That's something that you've been playing with that I've not actually seen a lot of. And I think that's something I'm hoping that's something that will be able to come up in, in a tournament of some sort, right? I'm not competent enough to run rebels in a tournament. Um, I did try that and I paid the 15 bucks for GSP and I bah, I went one in four and dropped and said, screw this, screw rebels. <laughs> this is not my <laughs> faction. Um, but hold on before we get to that point, right? Is that is the bam or how, how do you say that? It's the bam. Ibstem, Ibstem, yeah, Ibstem, Ibstem. I don't, I don't know. It's the bam. It's the it's the I'd I'd like to buy a vowel, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this ship, okay. So in our local, there's a gentleman named Sean, and you see him on the screen all the time, right? And you, he actually, I never knew this existed until he played. This one, and he plays it with kind of like again a rebel salad, um, and he plays it with the uh, the B wing that can do the rotate. Oh, Metro um, Pollard. Yes, Metro Pollard, and then he has some other stuff going. That that ship is Istanbul is amazing. Like <laughs> that ship is really... Constantinople. <laughs> there, you, there you go. If it started with the C, that ship is really good. And so, like, I can see the elusive Astro or chopper combo on it work really well. But I, I really like this ship as a as a whole, especially as a new player. It, it gives you this feel of control over your maneuvers. And if you can not take the damage right from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really strong. Yeah, like or not the damage, but you know, like not the, the negative effect of, of that. Yeah, missing You're, your you trigger, turn into or, a defender. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Except for with more attack dice. Well, no yeah. evades and no shields. <laughs> like you're gonna die, but you're you become a defender essentially. Yeah, and the other part of it is that you know if you're if you're the opposing player trying to defend against this particular ship, I mean you have that rear arc. So instead of doing the four K, you can always just turn away with like a two or three bank, and that messes up your opponent's um, like thought process of like where they think you're gonna go. Um, so it always leaves that option open to for you to like either turn away if you need to um or just keep uh keep pursuit and keep on the ship that you're you just need to burn down and uh it offers that flexibility with that ability yeah anyway so i just wanted to point that out like i like your choice in this one and and this is one that um i put on the table and lost but i had put this one on the table and I, I did I completely forgot about this whole elusive chopper thing. Just hey, give me my shield back um every other turn. Like like it just yeah, it, it's, it's it is really good, you know. 
All right, awesome. Uh, so the uh, the next pilot on the list here, another unique one, uh, Garvin Drays. Um, he's also on the T sixty five X wing. Um, same ability on this one. After you spend a focus token, you may choose a friendly ship at range one to three. That ship gains a focus token. Um, a nice simple uh, build for this particular ship, just to maximize the the amount of times that you can use this particular ability. It's just adding perceptive co-pilot on this. Um, you can also add on veteran turret gunner, uh, or sorry, veteran tail gunner on this particular ship if you happen to get that front and rear shot uh, shot off. In my experience I, that typically doesn't happen too often, where you get uh, a ship behind you and ahead of you, where you can take a shot off. Uh, but perceptive copilot uh, is really good um, for for his ability, uh, especially if you're taking in multiple shots or if you're taking a shot and then expecting a shot back. You can spend that focus. Per, uh, Provide it over to another ship that might need that either to turn on an ability or to turn on, like, let's say, a pocket shot and um, and really just keep that one token, um, like, in your in your squad and make it effective. Yep. The other thing I like on him is uh, expert handling as well. Um, yes. I don't always recommend it for arcs um, all the time, but I, I in in this case with Garvin, I do like it because if people focus fire on him, being able to barrel roll out of an arc, especially at an Huge. I-4, is really good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last on this list here, uh, Nora Wexley uh, here. And her ability allows her to gain a, an evade token if she is defending at range one of another enemy. Uh, a really, really strong ability. Um, I think it's actually better on this particular chassis than the Y-Wing that she's on, where she has a similar ability. Uh, the main reason is, is that this is a medium base ship. Um, it's going to get into range one of a lot of other enemy ships uh, more often because of the wider base. Um, so I think that it's uh, it's a really nice ability that will proc often uh, when you're flying with her if you can keep her into the mix. Now, there are a lot of different ways to load her out. Um, my particular fun way that I like to do is Intimidation and Zebralios with Tactical Scrambler in this one. Um, if, you, if they decide to bump your Nora, um, you can still take a range one shot into them. Um, they're going to get minus one agility. And she's going to, if they do attack her back, she's going to get an automatic evade on it, which makes her uh, tanky. If they decide to ignore her and shoot another ship, um, they're going to get uh, that ship that's getting attacked. If it's getting shot through her, the tactical scrambler adds one additional evade die uh, to their roll. And that just makes her a really, really ni nice, um, nice initiative five ace. Yeah, it says either shoot me or don't shoot. If you don't mm -hmm. shoot me, I'm giving evades. If free evade, if you do shoot me, I get an extra evade free. So essentially, it's like it's the same. It's the same logic as Nora and the Y wing because Nora basically rolls down one damage. You get one free damage off of it um, when you have mm -hmm. Nora. So, um, yeah, this I will tell you. There's a big points swing difference though. Yes, an absolutely. Arc and a wing. But... Yeah, definitely. the The points difference is definitely um, you definitely feel it, especially when you're trying to fill out your list with other ships. Um, but if you're if you happen to have a lot of A wings um, that are cheap and don't require many upgrades to make them effective, um, this is a solid ship to have uh, to fill out with a lot of A wings uh, in the back that can um, take advantage of the intimidation block that she provides and uh and focus down on a on a ship 
I think she's actually really good at I-5 against an I-6 ace um, coming into the scrum. Uh, she can really help lock down that particular ship. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, I think with Nora is allowing... Mm -hmm. Um, allowing her uh, because what she can do with some of her maneuvers because it's a primary attack. So if somebody bumps the back of her with Zeb, she's still fruitful. It's a fruitful yep. endeavor no matter which way she shoots. So you can fly into everybody and then you can do a turnaround maneuver and try and put yourself between part of their squad. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. Um, Absolutely. And then if they bump you in the back, I mean, yeah, they're going to shoot at you. But at the exact same time, you're going to get to shoot back. Yeah. And if they're bumping you, um, that means that they're not getting actions, right? They're not getting those mods, um, those token mods that uh, that usually helps convert um, like results to actually do fire onto them. And you can um, and it, it helps you survive a little bit better um, because the standard um, the average for like a three die roll is a hit focus on a blank, right? That's the average roll. Um, and Nora automatically evades that no matter what without any mods. So that's that's really good for her. So uh, moving on to the next chassis that we have here, we have the uh, the ASF-01B wing, um, another uh, tanky type ship, uh, similar to the ARC-170, uh, lots of health on this one. It has four shields, four hull, and it has three attack dice and one defensive die. Uh, this is probably my favorite Rebellion ship um, just because of the design of it um, and the newer models that adjust the S-foils and rotate cockpits. Fantastic. I love it. Um, comes in a few different packs here for the Rebellion. It does come in the, the Rebel Conversion Kit. Um, or if you're not looking to get the Rebel Conversion Kit, you can always get the B-Wing Expansion. Um, definitely recommend to get the Hot Shots and Aces pack as well as this Phoenix Cell pack since it does come with the S-foil cards. Um, that allow the ship to get additional actions onto the chassis, which makes it really good. And um, it gives it a lot of flexibility. Now, um, the the foils now with the new points chains are free, and they do offer the possibility of allowing you to double tap with a cannon after you perform a shot, assuming that you have a target lock onto that ship. And that makes this a very, very offensive um, piece of, of machinery to, to add on to your squad. The main drawback to this is the lack of blue maneuvers um, to, to help clear that stress um, to keep pursuit onto your, your enemies. Now, there are going to be pilots in this list um, that, uh, that actually rely on having that stress. Um, and some that are going to actually spend stress for results or pass it off to another friendly. Um, but because of the lack of blue, if you have nobody else or another, uh, a reliable way to get rid of that stress, um, you have a tough time keeping on target here. Now, uh, take a look at the uh, the Initiative 5 Ace, uh, Gina Musong here. Uh, her ability allows her to um, transfer a token, or sorry, a stress token over to another friendly at the start of the engagement phase. Um, another friendly that's at range zero to two from her. So she can essentially go in, um, she can barrel roll focus or barrel roll target lock to allow her to get that double tap and then send that focus off to somebody else who won't be affected by it as much. And it allows her to uh, be a very effective attacker at that point for it. Um, and at initiative five, that's actually not a bad uh, ability to have um, if you can pass it off to somebody that can't shed that stress reliably. 
uh, a basic build that I have for her, uh, elusive fire control system, tractor beam, and the S-foils. Um, elusive, since she can, she needs to keep time on target, she will be using those, uh, the one talent rolls, um, or the two K-turns to turn around to keep time on target, and then um, that turns on the ability if she spent it on defense and regain it again, and then pass off that stress token to another ship and continue to keep fire on the, on the other ship. Um, so with the next ship that we have on the list here is Tennum, uh, probably one of my favorite B-Wing pilots. His ability reads, while you defend uh, or perform an attack, you may spend one stress to take uh, to change all your focus results to either evades or hits. Uh, fantastic ability, honestly. Um, if I'm running two B-Wings, um, yeah. <laughs> um, excellent wingmate to Gina. Because you can, especially if you manage to get the double tap uh, going with uh, with ten numb, you can spend those stresses reliably to um, to launch that double tack and have mods on both ends, and it is and it allows you to just turn around next turn. Um, this particular pilot can he can do his sloops or sorry not sloops his talent rolls or K turns and always have a mod. And if you give him panic pilot as a as a uh, as a critical, um, he has extra miles right there to just spend. Um, so he's a really fantastic uh, ship. Uh, something yeah. that I like to run on him: um, marksmanship, fire control system, auto blasters, and the S foils. Um, that gives him extra extra attacks there at range two. And if you manage to get that beautiful range one bullseye shot um, with ten num, you're gonna punch in some damage. So, so I think this. So I've not actually seen anybody run this combo, but. Like I was talking about Tori. Tori runs B wings all the time. Like I play against more B wings than you can imagine in my local. So and it's it's all him. I guess there's one other guy actually running four blue squadron B wings, which I'm not excited to play against. Either. Um, because <clears throat> I really don't like the B wing that much. Um, but in terms of if something easy to run, B wings are pretty easy to run. Now, you can't fit. This is where Rebel suffers a little bit. Yeah. Because of the cost. I mean, Gina and Tenna put you at 94 points naked. Before upgrades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while they're worth it and while you can you could load out, you can't have four name B Wings loaded out. You just can't. Yeah. You just, it, it doesn't work. Now, this combo right here is really good because, right? As long as Gina's within zero to two of you, she could give a stress to Ten Nub. Ten Nub can double tap the same way she can. But now think of it: Ten Nub doesn't ever need a focus ever. Ten Nub takes the target lock every time. Ten Nub gets a stress if Ten Nub has the target lock, can fire munitions, spend his target lock, and not take the second shot. Or he could keep the target lock and spend the stress like a focus, then perform a second shot and have a second focus token so mm -hmm. um because typically you see 10 nub ran with braylon right and braylon yeah. is even more braylon is 52 points versus gina's um 48 uh, 48 yeah and braylon while you defend or perform an attack you if you're stressed you may re-roll up to two of your dice so this list, just these three B-Wings right here, you know, again, you aren't going to be able to, like, have some amazing, like, ship. And this is probably why it's legal. 
Yeah. But their base cost is 146 points. You could kit out a few of them with a few things. Um, yeah, fire control system is really good. Some sort of a tractor beam. Um, I prefer tractor beams on them, if I'm being frank with you, uh, because it reduces agility and allows you to yeah. maneuver the ship. I, I really do like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, um, a list that I've actually played and, and actually enjoyed a lot is actually those three pilots. You can equip them with some um, with some upgrades and then add in Jake Farrell and the RZ-1 um, just to provide that extra focus um, to one of the ships in case they need it. Um, so that's that's something that fits. It's very lean. Um, you don't have to equip them out with like the uh, the double tap, you know, cannons on each one of them to make them effective um, because they can double mod their shots almost every single time. And um, and that alone is worth it. You know, just having the ability to just double mod your shots without having to take a double tap. The double tap is nice, but you do have to invest in it. Um, and just having that ability of just spending the stress to mod pretty much leaves you open to just target lock all the time. Or if you're going into the scrub, uh, into the scrum, just take an evade token um, to to guarantee that you're going to evade at least one of those uh, one of those shots coming in or damages that are coming in, and then um, and then you, you still have to modern knockouts. <laughs> yeah, like Jake gave you a focus. Yep, exactly. So or let Jake give you a target lock and then use your stress as a focus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so for Braylon, uh, another way again, a pretty similar to ten num. If I was using just like the the base stuff, marksmanship, auto blasters, and the foils, um, really great on him uh, because he can reroll two dice while he's stressed. That gives him just that that really good um, accuracy when he's doing both of his shots. And then uh, the other um, B-Wing ace that we have that's actually seeing a lot more uh, popularity now in the meta is uh, the Harrison Dula uh, Initiative 6 <laughs> B-Wing, which allows her to, um, to uh, while another ship is performing an attack or defending, she can uh, send over a token over to them and uh, allow them to use it during that particular attack or defense. Um, as an I-6 pilot, uh, she does get um, a higher uh, ability to attack early on and uh, provide, hopefully, that damage to soften up a target with that platform uh, with her. Um, if you are if you don't have many ships available, you can really kit her out, and she can be really good. Um, what I like to do with her, just using the base, um, the base things or the base upgrades that come into the packs, um, hopeful for her. Um, for in case another friendly ship dies, she gets that extra focus. Fire control system, heavy laser cannon. Um, since she's initiative six, she can reposition her ship better to make sure that she gets a shot with that. And then the B6 Blade Wing prototype with Sabine Wren, uh, which I think is actually really good. The Sabine Wren crew, or sorry, Gunner. Let me just pull that up here. So I'm going to read it out. While you're doing that, Nobby, I will let you know that A-Wings are coming, but we know how much you want them, and if we just give them to you right away, you'll have no reason to continue to tune in. So stay tuned, <laughs> sir. So um, so, so the, the Sabine Wren Gunner uh, reads, After you perform a special attack, you may choose a number of friendly ships at range 0 3 of the Defender up to the number of damage cards dealt to that Defender during that attack. Each chosen ship may remove one strain or stress token which is fantastic. 
um, for non-B wing ships that have stress. This basically allows you to um, take away all those stresses for every damage they push through after a an attack. And if you manage to double tap with her and land both of those hits, you basically wipe the the board clean from any uh, any red tokens or sorry any stress or strains from your list from that. So that's that's really effective for her at I six. B-wings are horrible. On to the next one. <laughs> and then the last one here is uh, Netrum Pollard. Um, <clears throat> so hold on. He, can I, yep. can I ask why you think they're that horrible, Charles? So, so here's the thing. B-wings are not horrible. Flying against B-wings is horrible. <laughs> so you'll forgive me, but I have 1.0 PTSD when it comes to B-wings. Because in 1.0, this was 8 health. This was the same as a large base ship. But you would spend all game trying to murder an 8 health small base ship. And if it survived with 1 health, you got no points. No points unless you fully killed a small base ship. Rebels were overpowered in 1.0 because they had so many just like damage absorbing tanks. They mm -hmm. are just, uh, I just don't like them. I think you used to be able to run four of them with two Z95s once upon yep. a time. What? Absolutely yeah. could. Absolutely yeah. could. For a hundred points. For a hundred yeah, points. points. Yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> Freaking, that's like running three K wings. Like, oh, like full turret K, three hundred and sixty degree turret K wings. Yeah, they, that was gross back then, man. <laughs> so uh, the last one here is the ace that we we're talking about earlier, uh, Netrum Pollard, which allows uh, allows him to after he barrel rolls, he can choose a friendly ship that's not stressed at range zero to one. Um, that ship gains a stress token, and you can rotate the ship at 180 degrees. So this basically never, uh, you never have a reason to take a talent roll or a K turn ever, because this allows you basically that free um, rotate as long as you end up at range zero to one of a friendly, and um, and you can get a, um, uh, you can get you can outmaneuver your opponent pretty well with this. So. so let me ask you a question on this one, JJ, because I mm -hmm. want your honest opinion on this. I um, I look at this and I see the Star Viper uh, that gets the 90 degree. Dalen. Yep, I, Dalen, Dalen Oberos. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer having to land at zero to one of a, what was it, as, as a friendly, right? Yeah. After you, oh no, he doesn't rotate himself. He rotates a friendly. Never mind. That's two. Or wait, I guess he could do it himself. I believe too. Yep. After barrel rolling. Okay. So, mm -hmm. do you think it's better to have to barrel roll for a one hundred and eighty degree turn, or do you think it's better just for a stress to be able to rotate ninety degrees left or right? So it's it's a little different because this because uh, Dalen is initiative four right um so he kind of fits into like that ace category right where he wants to like outmaneuver ships and like just like arc dodge them and stuff if he needs to to get a better shot um and he that's good for him on his own right because he could just fly into a spot where he knows he's not going to get blocked and then turn when they're on a dime right 
for this one here, this is more of a utility type based or like a support based type ability because you can either choose yourself, uh, which is great, um, to get arc on somebody to chase, or you can use it on somebody else who you have already planned that dial out to turn a specific way. Like let's say you have your X-Wing facing a rock. Um, you can Netrum Pollard, uh, make them do 180 turn, and all of a sudden they can take K turn from where they were and face the same direction that they were before facing the rock. So, um, or actually, I'm sorry, you would end up being stressed. So no. Um, so you could do like a hard two to boost out and uh, pursue another ship that's getting away um, or or whatever uh, maneuver you might need. So this has a little more usefulness for that. And on top of that, if you could set this up to block somebody with that barrel roll that you're doing, um, at initiative three, you have a higher chance of doing that, I think. Um, so this has a, the ability is just slightly different than what Dalen would use it for. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. No, I appreciate the, the analysis on that. It's something that I was wondering because, like, realistically, how often do you see yourself needing to rotate 180 degrees? In my head, because I'm hyper-aggressive, being able to fly past you and then just stress to rotate with an outmaneuver, I don't have to worry about blocking because no matter where you end up, as long as you're not behind me, mm -hmm. I can plan accordingly and then just rotate for that outmaneuver. And it seems a little more beneficial, but that's my play style as a compared to your play style. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, okay. So just as an FYI, it is really good. Like it, it like it has, I agree with you, Charles, like it, the, it opens up, possibilities especially with road and things like that beyond like it has become more valuable because of road how about that because it allows yeah, you to do things that you you can do in an opportune move because you know you can just rotate it's like dale and overroads right you know like you said that 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 ship until you turned me onto that ship i never knew that and yep. now if i had if i have to put a star viper on the table it's Dalen Oberos. Uh, honestly, like I like Gurry, but I like Gurry, but without advanced sensors, Gurry and Dalen are on the level playing field now. Except that Gurry gets a free mod if you get zero to one of somebody. Yep, but I like Dalen for the creativity and flying. That, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. So again, another uh, basic uh, build out for this. If you're just using just the conversion kit, um, with the or the B wing expansion with the Hotshots and Aces and the Phoenix Cell Pack. Um, you can easily equip this with outmaneuvers, a fire control system, and outer blasters. Um, although, honestly, you probably just want um, just a fire control system and the outmaneuver because it's going to be more difficult for you to get target locks on the other ships to double tap. Um, but in the event that you have extra points and you don't know where to put it, um, that's a solid option there. Um, tractor beam also as well, if you can manage to put somebody onto a rock um, for it or set up a, another lower initiative ace. Uh, for a good shot that's a, a pretty solid upgrade there so uh moving on over to the attack shuttle um so the attack shuttle is one of those ships that has not been moved from uh 1.0 as a get for like the 2.0 box that comes out um currently right now the only way to get the attack shuttle is if you have the old uh ghost expansion pack from 1.0 um, that's the only way you can get the attack shuttle currently right now. Um, but if you do happen to find a a ship that's somebody selling on eBay or through like a, another retailer or something like that, and you have a rubble conversion kit, you can fly this. Um, this is more of an assault fighter. 
class type uh, ship that can uh, deal pretty decent damage. It does have uh, three red dice out the front, uh, two defense, and it does have the option to have a turret arc on it, uh, which you can easily equip this with a dorsal turret, and now you have a 180-degree arc just facing out. Um, really low health, only has one shield and three hull, um, but it, um, it definitely can do some work if you if you can fly it correctly and they do have some interesting aces on there that allows it to um do some work there and um and stay relevant in your list there for you so um the one of the pilots that we're gonna look at here is going to be zeb aurelios uh, on the attack shuttle um i his ability allows you to cancel critical results before um before hitch results so that makes him less susceptible to suffering from crits makes him a little more tanky um basic loadout for him elusive and dorsal tort um that uh that definitely helps him um just keep time on target and um and stay alive with the elusive charge if he needs to uh like re-roll a green die um the next pilot that we have on here is harrison doula uh, this is the Initiative Five pilot that we have for the attack shuttle. Uh, her ability, uh, excuse me, her ability here reads: Get that here. Uh, after you reveal a red or blue maneuver, you may set your dial to another uh, maneuver of the same difficulty. At Initiative Five, that's really handy um, because that allows you to avoid the block, um, as, and I think that's actually really valuable in road. Um, if you happen to match up against another initiative five ace and you can uh, move first, that allows you to adjust your dial to set up a block if you need to. Um, and that's really good for her. Um, I, I would equip it if you, if you're trying to put this in your list, um, elusive is really good against, uh, keeping them defensive and having that evade action available, um, helps them stay on the board longer. Um, I would also put on an informant on here, uh, so that way she can see where the enemy is going to go and adjust her dial after the fact as well. And then, of course, dorsal to it just to have that extra shot out the side in case um, there's nobody in the front. The uh, the next pilot um, that is on here is Ezra Bridger. Now, I've been running this a lot recently. I've actually become a fan of Ezra Bridger and the attack shuttle, uh, specifically because of the interaction with, um, with Maul and Malice. Um, I find that really fun. It is extremely expensive, I'll admit. Um, the way I particularly run Ezra is um, is with Malice and Maul, but that puts it at 56 points, which is way more than you want to spend on a four uh, health ship, but it's a lot of fun at Initiative 3. So Ezra's ability allows you to, uh, while you're stressed, to spend a force, which allows you to convert two focus results either to evades or um, to focus uh, while you're attacking or defending. Uh, so the um, he naturally only has one force, so the only way to naturally use that ability over and over is if you use the barrel into Red Evade, uh, which allows him to gain that defensive token and gives him the stress, and um, and that, that can make him pretty nice. Um, I like to run him with Maul because it does give him that additional, um, that additional force that he can use. And if you um, if you do get hit, you can use Maul's ability to stress yourself to regenerate that force, and then um, and then you have that ability to turn on and be able to convert more results into um, from focuses. Um, so that makes them really nice. Um, but if you're using just the base stuff, uh, just a verbal conversion kit um, for this one, you can equip them with Sense, which allows them to see where the enemy is going. Uh, with Nin Num to uh, to remove the stress after you get stressed with him, and then Dorsal Turret. 
So, can I point out something real quick? The best yeah. part of this card is not that you like it, not that it costs that much. It's the fucking graphic on this card. Is oh, yeah. Insanely good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want, oh, yeah. I like to put this on the table just for the art. Seriously. I just wish that we had Purgles in, um, in X-Wing uh, like they do in Armada because that's fun. That's a moving obstacle um, that can actually do damage to your ships. Um, I think that would be a fantastic mechanic, uh, at least for like scenario play, uh, which AMG is pushing. And hopefully through through like future stuff, they can do that um, because I've seen some of the 3D purgles that people are printed for Armada, and that just looks fantastic on the board. I love it. So, so it sounds like you're going to print me some of those and we'll create a custom <laughs> scenario if nobody else does it. But, all right, hold on. We need to get Flipster involved to have him create us PTS versions of Purgle. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what. So another side tangent secret. When that was, So I didn't watch these when these first came out, these episodes. Like, we watched them um, before Bad Batch came out. My son and I were watching these, uh, some of them, and then eventually, like, he gave up on me because I'm not as fast as he was at watching them. And so I just watched them while I would work on and off. Um, and... The first episode these things came in, I was like, screw this. This is stupid. Who thought this was a good idea? I can't understand it. And then by the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, whenever we're going to hear more about these. And then, <laughs> spoiler alert, they come back all, they, they, they track all the way through the season. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I was like, at the very end, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Oh, where these things come from? Why did they come back? You know, and then now we don't have. We need rebels too. Don, come on, Disney. Where the fuck is my rebels too? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that comes after the book of Boba Fett, sir. Hey, you that's can keep fine. your rebel stuff. I need more scum. <laughs> you are getting your Boba Fett book here very shortly, because you know. I know. You know that's what we'll be doing. We'll be having these conversations on stream in the next couple of weeks, so it, oh, yeah. it, it will happen. There will be a section dedicated to discussing at the end of the show, though. It'll yeah, be uh, at the end of the show. Yeah. It'll be we. And I guess JJ told our, our me we have to be. A, JJ yeah. told me we have to be a week behind. That we. Can't I agree with the week. I agree. Though. Yes. Nope, absolutely. We have a week for everybody to see it before we dig in. Mm. Now, if you're on our Discord, we will have a channel that'll be full of spoilers and open for chatting at all times, but. We will not talk about it until after it's been out for a week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so then to round off this uh, the attack shuttle here, we got Sabine Wren, uh, which allows her to take a boost or barrel action before she activates. Um, fantastic ship. Um, she actually saw a lot of play in the early 2.0 scene uh, when 2.0 first came out because of her ability. Um, you can link this with Debris Gambit um, to link that early barrel into a Red Evade. If you're near an obstacle, you change that Red Evade into white, and then you uh, do your regular maneuver and then take a focus. So she was almost always double, uh, double tokened. And uh, she was uh, really good. She was a really good, like, effective uh, attacker uh, for that and blocker, too, because of her initiative. Um, I, a basic loadout for this one, um, just to breed Gambit and Dorsal Torrent. You don't need anything else for the ship. 
Um, you are almost always double tokened with her, uh, makes her nice and tanky, and she can put in a, quite a few shots if you get people in that front arc. So I have a question. Has anybody ever ran, can you run an attack shuttle swarm? Is that like a thing? No, I believe they're unique. They're it, all it, dotted. Yeah, they're all dotted, and um, I mean, if you're talking about TTS, yeah, sure, that's easy. If you're talking about real life, you have need to you have had to have bought four ghosts to get four tech shuttles. <laughs> that is a sizable investment for what is ultimately a terrible list. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So natively, they come in at 152. Can we fill? All right, we're gonna do this. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt your segment. I'm gonna interrupt your segment <laughs> because I oh I I get ultimate sale. We're gonna bring. He's vetoing the segment for the purposes of a fantasy build that doesn't really <laughs> need to be a thing. You know, it does. This needs to be a thing. So let's build your Ezra Bridger first. All right. So you put That's Maul. That's Maul, then Malice, and then Dorsal. When you're loading that out, the one thing I forgot to mention for this um, this particular ship is that it can dock with the uh, with the ghost and uh, the primary arc on this particular ship will act as the the rear primary arc for the ghost if you have this equipped. So uh, nice rear three die attack out the back of the ghost if this is docked with it. All right. So then Sabine gets dorsal turret and what else? So uh, debris gamut, just base. All right, Zeb, you said... Uh, Zeb, elusive, and dorsal turret. Oh, man, too bad I couldn't put freaking chopper in here. Oh, there is a chopper, but not the good chop. Yeah, not for this one, yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and then Hera, elusive, informant, and dorsal. And then we got, we got extra points there for like extra mods or crew all right and what else informant and dorsal all right we got 13 points left bro but there you go this is loaded out we need to put this on the table uh, uh can i fit ap5 easy. in here Hold on, stealth how much device on ezra easy easy call right there stealth device on ezra hold, hold on though i want to see how much ap5 costs Cause that's pretty thematic. Oh, right. Too. Yeah. AP five. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got to drop 19 points. Not going to work. Yeah, I know. All right. Sorry. Can't have AP five. Oh, wedge in the Y wing. <laughs> I don't know. He's too no, we're not putting mind. wedge yeah. in a Y wing. That's not, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not hey, the RZ, RZ one, RZ one. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's right, always so room to throw on an A wing. So who are you going right. to put Kanan on? Sabine. Oh, you know what? Uh, how much is the TIE Fighter? The the Rex TIE Fighter. Ooh, real quick scum but not scum news. Did you guys see they casted the uh, the Sabine character for the Ahsoka yes. show? Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. More Mandos. More Mandos everywhere. 26. Mm. We have to drop Man 13 points. Mando yeah. meta. Can't wait, man. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, I, 
I will uh, preface this particular list with saying that one of these can die from a single proton torpedo shot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, really solid filler for your list if you're building this out here. I need to find people that have all these. <laughs> I have one and only one. That's it. Yeah, so, I have one, two. That's it. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving on to the next <laughs> chassis that we got here. Oh, come <laughs> the on. The Atzintuck Gunship. Uh, this is another uh, tank, uh, tanky ship that they have here for the Rebellion. Now, uh, one of the things that I've noticed here for the Rebellion is that they do have, like, the highest amounts of ships that have health, um, particularly in the shield department. Like, they, they invest heavily more into shields and health, um, so they're a lot more tankier in exchange for their agility. Um, typically across the board, you're going to find a lot more one and two die agility um, like ships versus the Empire, which will have like more three agility ships um, in exchange for like their health. Um, so that is something to just keep in note here when you're um, taking a look at the 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 faction as a whole. Now, uh, the Austin Tuck is another ship that hasn't made it over to 2.0 as of yet uh, with a re-release. Currently, the only way to get this ship is if you have the 1.0 model um, and the conversion kit, uh, which will give you the two unique pilots and a generic and um, with the dials to go with it as well. Now, the what's nice about this is that this is, I believe, the first... No, the, yeah, it is the first small base ship that had a 180 degree arc, um, which gave it fantastic time on target here. Um, the dial on it allows it to um, keep keep the arc always in, in focus. The hard to basically just rotates that entire arc sideways. And unless you're you know, really close in range um, to avoid those arcs, you're going to have a, a tough time avoiding the the arcs of these Austin Tucks. Um, what I... Uh, now, going to the individual um, ships themselves, uh, the reinforced action is really strong on these, helps them keep their their health up uh, whenever they're defending, and they can deal pretty good, uh, pretty good damage back whenever they need to. Now, looking at Lorik, their initiative three ace, um, his ability reads, after a friendly ship at zero, a range zero to one becomes the defender, you can spend one reinforced token, and that ship gains a, a bait token, which is nice to help out an ace that uh, that needs to survive that shot, and uh, you can sacrifice that reinforce just for that um, that one guaranteed evade uh, token that they can use during defense. Um, the other one here, or, or one basic loadout I will put on him is Selfless and Chewbacca. Um, Chewbacca crew allows the ship to spend two charges on it to repair face or face up crit, and uh, that's really good to keep these uh, ships healthy since they do have a lot of hull and they are susceptible to crits and this allows them to really stay in the game combine that with selfless that allows you to take away a or suffer a crit to cancel a crit result being done on a friendly um combine that with chewbacca you're taking away um crits from the priority ship that you want to keep alive and you're uh, receiving it on the ship and then chewbacca can allow you to just um flip it over and negate its effect on you um and that's that's actually a really nice um, basic build that for this particular ship. Keep it minimal as possible. The next one on here is the Initiative 4, Wolf Waro. Um, it's, uh, it shows while you perform a primary attack, if you are damaged, you may roll one additional attack die. 
Now, what this means is the damage is if you have a actual damage card on your ship, not if you actually lost the shield, but it has to be a damage card. It allows you to roll an additional attack die whenever you're attacking, making this into a small base four dice attack at range two to three or five dice at range one. Um, this can definitely hit very, very hard, especially if you're able to give it um, mods to help push that damage through. Um, what a really simple way to, to equip this is with Trick Shot, giving it possibly six dice at range through an obstruction and hull upgrade just to keep it alive. All right. And then uh, next up here, um, we have the BTL A4 Y Wing here. Um, this one is a fighter bomber class type ship. Um, it's uh, it's a very versatile ship in my opinion because it can um, it can take on a lot of different ordnance on it, um, as well as turrets, um, giving it different roles. And each one of these pilots that are on the BT uh, the the Y wing here have uh, a lot of different roles that they can fill and go there. Nabi, I'm going through these in alphabetical order. So yeah, I am killing you here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're not going through them in alphabetical order. Yeah, because the, ship. the yeah. ship's in alphabetical order, not pilots. No, they're not. A yeah, they for Y. Yeah, if you look at the bottom of the card, it says BTL A4Y. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Nobby on this one. That's some bullshit. I would have done A Wings first and then B Wings. The RZ A Wing that comes after the BTL Y Wing. <laughs> Yes, exactly. This so, is my resting bitch face right here. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, so yeah, the Y wing high health ship. It can survive a lot of attacks. It has a lot of high health, as uh, typical for the rebellion, and can also deal heavy damage with ordnance, with missiles and torpedoes, or it can um, keep um, control with ion turrets. Uh, really versatile ship. It can do a lot. Um, the dial is not the best, unfortunately. Um, it does have a hard time keeping um, keeping in the fight without stressing itself, which reduces its effectiveness in combat. Um, but it does have a lot of different aces here that can provide different abilities on it. First okay. one that we're going to no, look at. Hold, hold on. Yep. Go ahead. They're Y-Wings. They're not aces, man. Like, I'm going to be a little picky. I'm sorry. I have to be a little bit picky on this. This these are not aces. Sorry, I, I meant to say unique pilots instead of aces. Thank you. I, I'll amend they're my not aces. <laughs> they're not aces. Yeah, no, I mm -hmm. agree with you there. They're not aces. Okay. So the, the first unique pilots that we'll look at here is Nora Wexley. Very similar again to the um to the Arc 170. Um, it allows her to add a evade result that she's defending on range zero to one from a the an enemy ship. Um, really nice on the white wing, especially uh, if you're able to get in close um, for her. A very similar loadout, um, how I would have it with the arc, except I would change it to ion cannon turret just to make sure that if you're going to bump somebody, you can intimidate them and then give them an ion for their trouble. And, um, and then you could just bump chain it constantly. Um, and that makes it really effective on just shutting down a an ace um, or another ship that you want to make sure that stays ion down. Um, that makes it really, really nice on that particular um, that particular pilot. Dutch Commander is a very good support ship. Um, after you perform a target lock action, you may choose one friendly ship at range one to three. That ship may acquire a lock on the object that you locked on, ignoring range restrictions. Uh, this definitely helps sets up 
um, those alpha strikes that you have if you are running a list that has a lot of ordnance, like torpedoes or missiles. Uh, Dutch Vander really opens that up so that way your ship can, um, your other friendly ships can take focus tokens and have those double modded shots on those ordnance and really just burn down somebody really quick. Um, usually, if you're running a list with Dutch Vander, Dutch is going to be the first target that they're going to go after because he's just going to keep on providing target locks all day. Um, and you're going to end up taking a lot of damage. So uh, really good support ship there for, for the Y-Wing. Horton Psalm, um, in a ship that we, or sorry, a pilot that we don't see very much of, his ability reads, while you perform an attack, you may reroll one attack die for each other friendly ship. That's range zero to one of the defender. I think this is something that we should uh, come back to, to look at again, especially now that it, it can equip uh, proton rockets. If you're able to line it up, it can be pretty effective because the ability can work on ordnance. So you all you need is just a focus token on Horton, and uh, you can shoot a a rocket uh, if you get it lined up correctly. And if you have other friendlies in the area, you get rerolls on it. So that's that's a really nice effective way to run Horton Psalm. Um, I like to run it with R4 Astromech and Afterburners to try to get that extra boost if you need to get into range and then barrel if you need to, assuming they can get the focus off of somebody else. And that makes a, I think that would make them an effective um, pilot for this particular faction. Uh, the last one here that we have is Yvonne Verlaine, another pilot that we don't see too much here. Um, it reads, at the start of the engagement phase, you may spend a focus token to choose a friendly ship at range zero to one. If you do, that ship rolls one additional defense die um, while defending until the end of the round. So this basically increases the agility uh, that your that your target uh, ship needs to until the end of the round. So if you have a ship that you know is going to take multiple shots from different uh, ships, really solid ability to increase their chances of surviving all those shots um, at the expense of a focus token. And I think that could be a really nice defensive piece if you're just running it by itself. Um, with it, I would also usually like to write, run it with selfless just so it can start taking, absorbing some of those crits that can come through on the on the ship that you're trying to defend. And then ion can enter it as a way to um, just add on an ion uh, as a target of opportunity if you happen to get that in. So All right. for me, for me, Nora is the most impactful, personally. Yeah. But that, that's just mm -hmm. probably because John spent the last two months running it. Um, other than yeah. that, like the only other Y-Wing I've ever ran is Dutch. And yeah. I find Dutch works very well because if you don't burn him down, he's protoning you, period. And he can have two targets. It's kind of disgusting a little bit with that, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. And the fact is, is that that high health makes it difficult to like to burn down, right? Because you're you either have to focus a lot of shots onto that one pilot, and all of a sudden you're taking shots from everybody else on the other list, or you can ignore him, and the rest of the list is taking free target locks onto you. So it really creates um, it forces you to make a, a bad decision, um, just because you have to assign a priority onto that particular ship versus trying to burn down another ace that could have more points invested in it or that can uh, take you down faster. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
So uh, the next ship that we have on here, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll actually go down to the A-Wing just for Navi. Just so <laughs> we can, we can calm his nerves. Navi. Yeah, so we'll skip ahead for Navi. So officially, the RZ-1A wing, um, definitely an ace-class platform. Uh, the You can find it in the RZ-1 expansion pack. That's out for 2.0, as well as the Phoenix Cell Squadron it's pack. the worst ship in the game. And <laughs> No, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> it's an interceptor uh, light fighter that can get in and out of the fight fast. Um, and especially now with the the configuration card, the vectored cannons that came out in the Phoenix Cell Squadron pack. Um, allowing it to have a turret arc instead where you can rotate it during the system phase. Uh, gives you a lot more time on target, allows you to uh, get in and out um, of engagements and force the enemy to chase you, or you can uh, just disengage and come back in whenever you need to. Um, this is definitely a really good um, ship for a lot of beginners to get into um, because it allows you to really just skim around the board and it has a lot of different abilities. Um, that you can use to make this effective here. So starting starting with an Initiative 3 uh, pilot here, Derek Calibian. Um, his ability reads, after you acquire a target lock, you can remove a red token off your ship, um, or if you spend it as well. Um, really nice way to, especially if you're not using the vector cannons, um, or if you're using the vector cannons and you have a target lock already, you can use that ability to... Uh, get rid of that stress, opening up your dial for better maneuvers later on, and um, makes it pretty good. Um, I like to equip this with starboard slash um, and vector cannons, particularly because you can go in for that joust, fly through a ship, give them a strain, and shoot them out the back with vector cannons. Um, that's a, a pretty cheap way to just start putting in um, damage onto an opponent with a very maneuverable ship. Uh, another a-wing pilot that we have is Arvor Krynid, uh, which is a, a popular ship, I would say, in my opinion, uh, just because of its ability to perform attacks at range zero. Um, if you were to also take a boost action um, and you end up bumping another ship, you still complete that as like a, that, that bump. Um, so you can really get in there and become a blocker um, for for your list and still take it shots at attack uh, range zero, not taking any shots back, which is really good. Uh, really Just good loadout. Real quick, not to interrupt, but for yeah. the streams, you guys know most of the builds that we'll be talking about for the A wings include vectored cannons. However, I'm not going to continue to delete and bring up vectored cannons for every new build. It does the same thing on every A wing, regardless of yeah. the pilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, a basic loadout um, using the expansion pack um, and the Phoenix Cell pack where these two come in for Arvel printed, um, just putting Intimidation, Predator, and Vector Cannons on Arvel. Uh, really effective way to go in, bump somebody, reduce their agility, take a range one, a range zero shot onto them with a predator reroll. Um, makes it really effective if you can get it set up. And then um, as you fly away, you can turn your cannons around with vector cannons and just have at it. Um, and it's a really, really nice ship at initiative three. The, uh, the next one that we have here is going to be um, Shara Bay in the A-Wing, um, also having a very similar ability to her other chassis that she has in the ARC-170. Um, it allows her to spend a lock to add a focus result either on offense or on defense, and, um, and that's a, a really solid ability for this particular 
chassis if you can get that target lock early, either with somebody providing it from long range, or if you're able to get somebody to use like um, the tracers um, early on before she she engages to get that ability procked off. Um, but really nice uh, way to make it either defensive or offensive. And as long as you have that focus suspend. Now, um, very similar to how I have the other um, the other uh, A wings. I like to equip her with starboard slash and hopeful. Um, hopeful, particularly in this case, because if you're not able to get that um, that target lock early, you can use that target lock as an action. If another ship gets deleted before she engages, hopeful can trigger, giving her that free um, focus or boost into range where she needs it, and then um, and then she can use her ability then to spend on that lock, hopefully, and then vector cannons as well to keep time on target. Really, really good um, way to run that ship, and. Uh, make it effective on the battlefield. So the next ship that I have here is going to be Jake Farrell in the A-Wing. Probably the most popular A-Wing ship um, for 2.0 currently. Um, his ability reads, after you perform a boost or barrel action, you may perform. You may choose a ship at range 0 to 1, and that ship can perform a focused action. Um, and that includes himself. So you can go in, barrel roll, give Jake a focus, then boost and give another ship a focus. Uh, really great support ship. You can really set up double mods for your higher initiative aces if you can get them uh, placed the right way. And he is just fantastic. All around great support ship that can equip ordinance to make him an effective attacker and just make him all around really great. Um, my preference for him is to not run him with vector cannons because I do like the link uh, between barrel roll and boost with the native ability of vector thrusters on the RZ-1. And uh, he's just really effective that way. I like to run him with Predator and Proton Rockets, although they don't interact with each other. Um, after you fire that Proton Rocket shot, Predator triggers more often if you're able to um, just get those shots in Bullseye, either at range 2 or 3. And just gives him that extra mod on top of the focus that he's almost always going to get all the time. Yeah, see, now, I, don't, I don't like mm -hmm. Predator on him. And that's only because the way I run him is not to be the line the bullseyes up more than the one time. So personally, for me, he's usually the flanker. He's out on the outside. He's got the inopportune shot because all I care about is boosting and barrel rolling to be able to pass two focuses off. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um for me, I find it, it just depends on what kind of list you're matching up against, right? Because if you're facing against other higher initiative um, ships uh, or small base ships in particular, right, you're going to have a hard time lining up that bullseye. So Predator is probably not going to proc as often. But if you're facing off against a medium base ship um, or a large base ship even, you're, you're going to find that Predator works a lot. You're going to get it off at least three to four times in a match easily um, because a lot of the big base ships don't have the ability to reposition as much as the smaller base ships can. So if they, especially if they get bumped, uh, Jake has that ability uh, available to him for a passive mod. Um, so I, I tend to run it more often than not because of that. And I find that it makes him more of an effective attacker rather than just take plank shots outside. 
Um, so for me, I like to run them with that just just for that reason. Now, if I'm needing to put points on other ships, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll exit and just run them with nothing on them. Um, but it does make him more effective, in my opinion, because he has that bank and barrel roll action. So, yeah. So um, the next ship that I have here is Initiative 3, Sabine Wren. Um, her ability uh, uh, reads, while you perform an attack or if you defend. Um, oh, hang on. Sorry, that's really small. <laughs> while you defend or perform an attack, if the attack is at range 1 and if you're in the front arc of the enemy, you may change one of your results to an evade or hit result. Uh, fantastic ability uh, for Sabine, although it is an initiative three. Uh, I actually have been, I used this in a tourney recently um, alongside Jake Farrell and uh, equipped her with proton rockets. Um, I would just give her an evade for her action. And then uh, when Jake came along to give her a focus, she could focus, link it into a boost and line up that bullseye for a pocket shot. Um, if she's in range one, her ability does work on ordinance. So uh, the times that I was able to get off the pocket shot, she was modifying one of those blank results into a hit. So, um, and then you can spend your focus to modify the focus results on that role. So with her, I was averaging about four to five hits every time with um, with Prockets on Sabine. Uh, granted, that's when you get it off. So that's really, really effective way to get her into the mix. Her ability works on defense as well, which makes her really hard to take down, especially with an evade token. So. Yeah, I, I think she is the most underrated A-Wing person. Absolutely. Like, I get running Jake, why everybody runs them. Because of the token passing, I get why you run Hera. The token passing, but if I need a filler ship, this right here is a is I like this better than Little Wedge. Um, <laughs> personally, I think Little Wedge triggers more often. But like you said, putting prockets on Sabine and just like being able to go in there and not die, a and be able to get a rocket shot off with basically double mods almost. Yep. That's that's pretty dope. Yeah, so. it's fantastic. Um, if you're trying to just fill her out in the list, um, really good way to lower out is Hopeful, um, which allows her to just get that focus token. Um, if some of the higher initiative ships get uh, get killed or wiped off the board, helps her to, uh, to boost in as well if she needs to. Uh, Procret, uh, proton rockets as we discussed and vector cannons now this one is this is one of the pilots that you can either run with or without vector cannons i think that if you're running without the ordinance vector cannons is the way to go with sabine because you can fly in front of a ship uh with your vector cannons front like facing back and as long as you keep that ship in front of them and they're at range one you're getting shots out the back and and you can move, always get your action, and you're always a threat of becoming a blocker there. Or um, if they do get you on range one and you're in their front arc, you're getting that that passive defensive mod all the time. So that makes her really, really good, honestly, with the vector cannons. So the um, the next ship that we have on here, or sorry, the next pilot that we have on here is Wedge Antilles, the younger one. Uh, which allows him to uh, reduce the enemy's agility by one when they're performing a primary attack. So this doesn't work with any ordinance like missiles. Um, and it has to be in the front arc as well. So um, this, since he's only rolling two dice normally at range, um, this helps him um, 
get a better chance of punching in damage and uh, and being pretty effective for his cost. Um, I believe he's at 38 points, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is really cheap, and you can run him with Predator. Um, very basic. If he happens to get that Bullseye, that's another passive mod that he can have, and that makes him really good. Um, I do not recommend this pilot with Vector Cannons because you always want to keep the, the enemy in your front arc to pr trigger that ability. Um, so definitely not a very good candidate for Vector Cannons. Um, but he is fantastic as an A-Wing pilot at Initiative 4. So the next one here, um, another one that we saw that was very, very effective and very popular in the beginning when she came out, Harrison Dula in the A-Wing um, allows her, uh, just like in the B-Wing pilot, allows her to pass off a token um, to another friendly within range 0 to 2. Um, and uh, they can use it during their modified dice step, either on defense or on offense. Um, really good because of their ability to have um, the linked action. So you can grab a token and link it into a boost to get into a shot, which makes her a little more um, aggressive if you want it to be. Um, although the two attack dice in, in the front is it kind of hurts her a little bit. Um, but uh, a really nice pilot nonetheless to have. Um, the three agility on her makes her very defensive for support ship, and uh, she can stay in the fight long and, and possibly do some pretty good damage. Now, I like to run her with Hopeful and Predator because normally I'm taking an evade action with, uh, with Hera to pass off that token if I need to to somebody else. And then if somebody else dies, she can gain a focus action or a focus token to pass on to somebody else, assuming that she's not stressed. And then, uh, and that just makes her more useful. Also really good Predator, just to get that passive bond, since I typically take evades actions with her. And Vector Cannons is also really good with her as well, so that way she can get that early reposition or uh, shoot out the back if she needs to run away and, um, and stay relevant for the list. And then the last, uh, the last pilot that we have here for the A-Wing, Ahsoka Tano, um, which her ability reads, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may choose a friendly ship at range 1 to 2 and spend 2 force. That ship may perform in action even if they're stressed. So this is kind of like a super AP5 um, that runs at initiative 5. Um, as long as she has that two, those two forces to spend, um, she can um, pretty much coordinate that action over to another friendly and making her really, really effective. And um, just having three force on a three agility ship also makes her very hard to take down if she's just focusing just for the, the modification. Um, she just needs to take an evade action and she has all the mods she needs on offense. So if you're looking just for like a combat ability, she's really, really high um, for mods and, and she can be very hard to take down just because of her actions. So <clears throat> I want to I wanna bring up here a minute if you can clear the the ships off the screen, please. So this is a five A wing list um, that I have ran on and off. Um, I don't think it's top tier material material, but I would I would probably other than ZZ give this a run for the money. Um, before you used to be able to fit Kara in here what you can anymore and um see and i run ahsoka differently we i run ahsoka with cluster missiles brilliant evasion predictive shot 
um, which you don't, you could run, um, if you don't want to run predictive shot, right. You could run instinctive aim instead. Yeah. And that, that, that is also that I don't run the prockets because I run vector cannons and I point it out the butt with clusters out the front. I, if you now, have, I was going to say, if you have the, if you have the points, I, I would go with concussions and instinctive aim, but cluster missiles with instinctive aim is also really good just because you have the potential for shooting the two, three die attacks out the front. Um, if you can line it up. So yeah, that's, that's good. Yes. Because essentially it gives her the ability to say, if you come at me in the front, I've got this, I could just fly away from you and shoot you out my ass, turn around, come back. Um, this is so Sabine, I never put pockets on Sabine before, but after your conversation tonight, that's um that's pretty good. I like I kinda like that mm-hmm. now. So usually I used to run prockets on Jake or Wedge, but I think if you just put Predator and Marksmanship, like you said, Wedge is kind of a beast in of itself. Unfortunately yeah. with Vector Cannons, you have to put it on every one of them. Yeah, it, exactly. But yeah. to make Ahsoka work that way, you have to put it on all of them. Now I would challenge and say this may be somewhat beneficial too. It's just a different way of running them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'll be, I, uh, I would agree to uh, an initiative one with intimidation, and you can add that marksmanship there. That is a, a, a pretty good call as well. Um, but Shara at her initiative um, can possibly take out an enemy um, that's lower than her as well. So it, it just depends on what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I've never flown an A Wing. They're like um, fang fighters, but you know, worse. So, wait, fang fighters are worse or A wings are worse? No, A wings are worse than fang fighters. Hundred percent agree. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Not even, not even a hesitation. Hundred percent agree. Three of no, eight at range be. one all I'm, day, baby. I'm team A wing. I'm team A wing. Nobby. I'm team A wing. Nobby. Oh man. Yeah, no, fangs absolutely don't like the range one. Nobby, nobody likes a range one butt shot. Just saying. <laughs> oh, I take, well, no, I take that back. I take that back. Uh, Grievous likes range one butt shots. <laughs> Grievous, Boba, Zam. There, there's three right there. Yeah. So them are fire sprays. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just saying. For real. These are so, mini fire sprays with vector cannons. Yeah, if you put munitions on all of them, they are mini fire sprays. Mm-hmm. I'm in, Nobby. I'm I'm a hundred percent in. Wednesday. So yeah, Chris, I'm down. Chris, you want to do two more, and then we'll we'll cut it off. Yeah, we can do as many as you want. You were very adventurous tonight, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, man. the fact that you thought we were going to get through all of these in a single episode, my friend, I appreciate your uh, your positivity and your your <laughs> your fourth witness. But I've 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 been doing this for a couple of months now, and I I know what happens in our time limit. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll do uh, we'll do just two more here just to go uh, down some of this here. So the next one here is going to be the BTL S8 K Wing, um, a fantastic bomber class here for the um, for the rebellion because of the ability to just get into position with a slam action, um, and it has a, a very very good amount of health to just survive those engagements. 
Um, it's a medium-based ship um, that can be very effective, uh, a very effective bomber, especially since it can carry crew that allows it to make it more effective, namely Sabine Ren crew, and um, and really disrupt enemy formations. You can equip this. Uh, you can actually spam for them with barrage rockets and call it a day, and um, and you basically have three arcs that you can shoot out of. Um, fantastic. Um, so looking at the first one here, um, an old favorite here from 1.0, uh, we have Miranda Dani, which allows her to uh, spin the shield to increase the her attack die by one, or she can reduce her uh, attack by one die to recover shields if she is damaged. Um, really flexible there to keep her health up there. Um, I like to equip her with steel, uh, skill bombardier, uh, Sabine Ren Crew, proxy mines, counter nets, and advanced slam. Um, gives her a lot of control of the board, and it makes her hard to pin down because she can move across the board really well, especially a three bank into a slam three bank. She can cover like 75% of the board, um, which is that. And she, she can get behind you, start dropping bombs, counter nets, and then with Sabine Ren, she can add additional stuff onto you and just make your ships have a bad day. Um, really, really effective bomber for the Rebellion. The, I will say also, in 1.0, this was the image of the negative play experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, yes you it went, was. when you went to a tournament and you sat down and someone set Miranda down, you're like, ah, crap. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so why? You got to go through why. Because why wouldn't... So I think they were three dice in, in 1.0. Instead of a two dice arc, it was a three so, dice turret that you could lose a die to recover a shield. I believe so. And the other part of it was um, the ability to equip twin laser turrets onto this. That was the other thing that her ability could affect. So you can shoot your first one, just one die, recover a shield, and then um, and then shoot another two die attack at your opponent and recover a shield if you wanted to as well. Again, so she she had like. She could regenerate two shields to turn with twin laser turrets. Like, really, really oppressive. <laughs> it was terrible. With bombs. So she would she would she'd get in, wreck shop. If she took enough damage that you needed to worry, then she would just start crapping out bombs. And I believe, don't quote me on this because I'm not 100%, but I believe this could run the bomblet generator in 1.0. Yes, yes, it could. Yep. So that gave you unlimited bombs because the bomblet generator didn't use a shield in 1.0. It was just every mm -hmm. turn you could drop a bomb if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so she would just drop bombs to cover her butt and then just run away and continuously regen shields. This ship was yep. like nigh on impossible to kill. Yeah, and then she's actually simulator on top of that. Gosh. So, um, okay, and then lastly, to round out this particular ship, the other um, unique ace, or sorry, the other unique pilot is Iseji Tuketsu, a really solid support ship. Its ability reads, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 defends or performs an attack, uh, it may spend your focus tokens uh, as if that ship had them. Uh, so this makes it a really, really good um, support ship. Um, it's, you want to pair this automatically with Perceptive Co-Pilot so that we have extra focus to provide over to your other ships. And it uh, it has a lot of health, so that way it stays alive. Um, easy loadout for this one. Um, advanced Slam to always keep it in, in wherever you need to and always get that... Um, that focus with perceptive co-pilot and barrage rockets that it can shoot using um, that focus token 
it makes it a really nice attacker again you're shooting three dice out the front or two out the sides with this loadout and you provide a lot of utility for your for your list just providing that extra token so the last ship that we'll cover tonight here um will be the e-wing uh, which is a assault class type ship here for the rebellion um, like the K-Wing, this one is uh, has not come over to 2.0 as of yet, um, as a re-release. This one can only be found um, in the 1.0 models and getting a Rebel Conversion Kit in order for you to be able to run these. Um, these uh, This ship here can mod very early on with its um, experimental scanners ability. It allows you to take target locks beyond range 3. Um, so you can set up that early target lock onto a ship that you know you're going to go uh, try to take out. And then when you approach, you can just either take an evade or focus, depending on how you want to set up, and just go at it. Um, with the three agilities that it, uh, three agility that it has and six health, which is equal to a, a T65 X-Wing, uh, this thing can stay in the fight for a long time. Um, this can punish really hard and disengage because it has a faster dial than a T65 X-Wing, and it, it's a really, really great ship um, overall. The um, now, in order for you to take full advantage of this particular ship now, as we have it, um, you would have to get tech upgrades that can only be found in the Hot Shots and Aces pack, even though they has no pilots for this particular chassis on it. But if you want to take full advantage of this particular uh, chassis now, with the way the loadouts are for the builds, um, Hot Shots and Aces is a really, really good pack to have just because it gives you those additional techs uh, that you can use on this ship here. However, I will interject full disclosure. Uh, as we are doing this to assist newer players in looking at ships and what they need to acquire in order to make those ships good, um, Hot Shots and Aces is an extremely hard pack to yes. find online for like less than $50. Like it's, it's ridiculous, the markup, because they're not making them right now. Mm -hmm. um, so just be aware if you're really wanting to jump into to e-wings and you're willing to spend the money on hot shots and aces then by all means go for it there's a lot of really good pack mm -hmm. or a lot of really good pilots some really really good upgrades in there um but for something that originally sold for about 12 bucks uh to bounce into a a 50 price tag to get it is a little yeah. steep on in, in my personal opinion yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Or if you have, you know, people in your friendly, um, like local league that can let you borrow upgrades um, for this particular builds, um, that would definitely help your your ship out a lot. Um, so that being said, um, the basic builds that I have for these ships is not going to include any tech um, for it just because it's not readily or easily available for um, for most newer players coming in um, to fly these ships. The first one I'm going to touch here is going to be Corin Horn, the Initiative 5 pilot here for the E-Wing. His ability reads, at Initiative 0, you may perform a, a, a bonus primary attack on an enemy that's in your bullseye. And if you do, at the beginning of the next planning phase, you gain one disarm token. Um, it's... It's an ability... Now, I fly Corrin a lot, um, especially now with the new uh, changes. If you're a new player getting to the game, this is great because this acts as a, a double tap. However, the majority of the times that you're using this particular attack, that second bonus attack tends to be unmodified, um, especially if you're taking shots back. So while it is a nice bonus to have um, when you're flying this particular uh, pilot, 
just be mindful that a lot of times that bonus attack is a pretty steep cost um, because you're you're preventing yourself from taking another shot the following turn. And um, most of the times that second attack is going to be unmodified because you're shooting at the end of the engagement phase after everybody else has already shot. Um, so it can be good if you need to absolutely delete somebody um, and you're, you're in that pressure situation. But most of the time, probably not the best best use of his ability. Now, um, a basic loadout for him, uh, which makes him pretty effective across the board, um, is uh, Predator, Fire Control System, and R4 Astromech. Now, this particular uh, build, very simple, um, gives you the best style in, in for any small ship in the game, in my opinion, because it gives you white hard ones, all your twos and your one banks and one straights are blue, so you can easily take, um, like, remove stress very easily, and you can that hard one being white and giving you access to a barrel and to a target lock or a boost um, makes it really, really maneuverable. Um, probably one of the best styles. Um, Predator and fire control system seems a little redundant, I know, um, but if you're going to take advantage of his bullseye arc for the bonus shot having predator as a passive mod for that particular shot always helps you out um, for him and then fire control system if you're happening to shoot a, a ship and you, that you have a target lock on gives you that one single reroll and if you have him bullseye that's two rerolls that you can use really so, nice way to have it so i'm going to stop the i like the r3 astromech on them bed even even if I don't run munitions. Yeah. I agree with you on the Predator. Um, mostly I agree with you on the Predator. I'll be honest, that's the first upgrade I always cut. Um, but I like that. And and I really like fire control systems and those R3s. Those are yeah. my literally if I'm if I even if I don't run these and I run a base one, I'm running an R3 and I'm running fire control system. Every time. I was going to say, no most, most of the time that I've seen these fielded against me, I see the R3. Uh, not discounting R4, because Lord knows I use it on just about every Y-Wing I fly or any ship that needs the maneuverability assistance. Um, but being able to hold two target locks with FCS on a ship that can take those out and never, you know what I mean? If you're flying against, like, mm -hmm. hypothetically looking at what John flew against last week uh, in the Crate Cup, John flew against two defenders. If he had had Y-Wings with the R3, he has target locks for the entire game, which gives him a basically a passive reroll on each ship for all of his E-Wings, which frees up the, if you're not taking a shot that turn, throw the Evade down. If you are taking a shot that turn, take the Focus and then utilize that FCS reroll as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that with the the added on uh, tech slot that the E-Wings can carry, I think that R3 is the better way to go now because you have abilities like target synchronizer um, that opens up the target locks for other ships that are carrying ordnance to do like an alpha strike swarm. I mean, you can 
just run one of these, uh, a generic one with R3, uh, with a swarm of either A-wings with like cluster missiles or concussion missiles, or you can run Z95s which, um, with, uh, with the same type of ordnance with ion missiles as well. And all of a sudden, you know, you're opening up your offense a lot with this one, um, this one upgrade with targeting synchronizer and R3 astromech. Um, however, if you're a newer player and you don't have access to these techs, um, and targeting synchronizer, by the way, is um, only available to you if you go cross faction. I believe first order and um, res uh, resistance are the only factions that have these in their packs. Um, it's it's going to be a difficult buy-in um, for for most newer players that are going in. Now that being said, if you have a friend or somebody that does have those those tech upgrades, absolutely agree. R three Astromech is the way to go because you are getting those target locks on turn one and you're getting in on two ships and with fire control system uh you know you you get that reroll that you need um for for those situations where you just need to roll one die or reroll one die and it makes it very very effective but if you're don't have access to this i say you're running this more as a 1v1 type ship um kind of like a like a dual uh, a dueler type ship and I think that R4 makes it better in that situation um, if you don't have access to to those tech upgrades um, for the R1, for the uh, E-Wing. So I have, a, I have a question for you, JJ, in reference to this particular um, ship. So in 1.0, they were amazing ships. They're very good. Um, if we build out a generic... And, and again, speaking as someone that has never flown Rebel, except for watching people destroy me with it, if you build out, say, a generic uh, Rogue Squadron with a shield upgrade, and the reason I'm going shield upgrade is you're looking at 59 points for an E-Wing versus a Defender, which is the exact same stat line, for 67 points for an I-1 or 73 points for an I-4. Uh, taking away full throttle, which do you take in, in, in that particular battle, considering that with a shield upgrade, they have the same stat line? I would still give it to the defender. And the main reason why is the dial. Without the help of an R-4 astromech, by the time they get past the initial scrub or try to like keep up with the defender, the defender can outmaneuver them easily and still retain mods um, versus the E-wing. Yes, the E-wing can definitely keep the you know the the target lock from the beginning and hopefully they roll good. But once they spend it, now they're stressed. They have no other um, mods to help them out. Whereas a, a defender can get behind them, turn around, still retain the evade and possibly reposition or take a focus and have that that mod that they need for either defense or offense. And while three agility dice is really good on defense you can't always trust that your green dice are going to bail you out. Um, it, you can equip the Rogue Squadron with more upgrades that help mitigate that difference. Uh, and in that case, if you're adding more upgrades to the E-Wings, to the e then I would give the advantage to the E-Wings for that reason alone. But if we're talking just strictly shield upgrade um, against a, a Defender with nothing on it, the Defender is still going to win, in my opinion. Fair enough, fair enough. Just curious, because again, when you start comparing stat lines and, and similar mm -hmm. ship styles, 
the E-Wing in 1.0 was the rebel version of the Defender the because they were 3-3-3-3 all the way across. So I I would even venture to do like a three-way dance between an E-Wing, a Defender, and an Aggressor. Because actually, the no. Aggressor has the exact same stat line as well, just a much bigger base. In 1.0, they actually had one hold less. They were only two hold ships. Oh, okay. So um, I've actually had in 1.0 somebody show me the dark side twice with crits and just, you know, hit me underneath my shields with two shots and die. <laughs> Thank God we don't have that anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, last one to round out this particular ship, Gavin Darklighter. Uh, his ability reads, while a friendly ship performs an attack, if, you're, uh, if the defender is in your forward arc, the attacker may change one hit result into a crit result. Um, fantastic offensive support ability, especially if you're running things that rely on crits, um, like uh, like Auto Blaster, for instance. Um, really great way to just punch in those crits for you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just be overall effective. So, <clears throat> two, two things, right? Um, let me bring up... So, it I get, and maybe we should have been doing this the whole time. But here's a list I would run. Um, and we'll show you Nobby's version in a minute. Can you kill the images? Yep, I got you. I got you. So if we want to build on that target targeting synchronizer, you can run two of the E-Wings with that fire control R3s and then two T-65s with advanced and munition, munitions failsafe which you don't need but you have the extra two points for the bad you, roll yeah for a bad roll they're just there you could run ions with them if you want instead i mean and ions are four dice attacks um i don't know i think in this list you have to run the the advanced personally um you could also run plasmas which are really, really good, right? Drop your munitions fail safe. And yeah. then you could drop one of the fire control or one of the, one of those. You could do that. Yeah. Um, I think I like the advanced protons better because your guys go in, they're in front of you. It forces them to take those off the table, period. And then your E-wings are just punishing you for being there. Um, Nobby posted a link. Um, this is Nobby's version of the list. Very similar to mine, but with A-Wings, because he seems to think they're the best thing in the world, even though in reality we just heard JJ tell us Fang Fighters are better. Um, <laughs> no, I'm team, I'm team A-Wing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am team A-Wing. Don't, don't change now. Don't nope. change now, sir. Hey, you know why? Vector cannons. Vector cannons makes that difference because, you know, why am I going to joust your Fang Fighter where you're going to get that range or that uh, that bonus, right? The Concordia, when I could just run away from you and just, you know, take shots out the back. Yep. And the only change so, I would again, make to I'm this. what I'm hearing is you need an upgrade to compete. Got it. No. Configuration. There's a difference. Still an upgrade. It's not included with the ship, sir. <laughs> so, so S-foils are upgrades? 
Absolutely, they are. Uh, okay, we're gonna move past the silly argument. I would now be the only change I would make to your list is I would actually put vector cannons on these, but that's just yeah. It's uh, it's definitely uh, with the tech upgrade, um, the E wings become a very very good support piece. Um, just one E wing with R three um, and targeting synchronizer. And just filling out the list with ordinance with cheap ships with ordinance makes it supremely effective because you just need to focus on one ship, right? And you know, um, or actually, you can focus on two ships, right? If one runs away, you have another to to take advantage of that targeting synchronizer there. And they either have to come and hunt down your your E wing who has three agility and can take an evade after they get that initiative uh, that initial uh, target locks off. Or they have to hunt down the rest of the list. That's going to hurt them with ordinance. Um, so it really makes them make bad decisions. So, yeah. <clears throat> and and I agree. Those those clusters are really good. I think again. Oh, yeah. I think clusters are an underrated um, munition that people haven't used. And this, but this is newer, right? This is new because we didn't used to have tech slots on E wings, and I yeah. don't know what made them make that decision. But because the rebels needed a boost, yeah, because that's the thing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you were just saying Fang Fighters are that much better than A Wing, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So the problem is, Nobby lives in Australia and we live in Eastern America, so like, Nobby would have to not be working on a day. To play us otherwise it's like unless charles wants to get up at the butt crack of dawn and i don't even know if i want to stream at the butt crack of dawn. <laughs> that's the real question yeah that's the, the bigger question i could say as a person who's played nobby quite a few times on the harry nick server for his tournaments back when he used to run them nobby is probably the premier a-wing flyer i've ever played he's just great <laughs> I've never played against Nobby, and I also agree that he is just great. I think Nobby should run defenders. There you go. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Run defenders some fucking defenders, man. <laughs> I mean, he can't even stick to A-wings in a crate cup. So, you know, just Ooh, saying. Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, they're still in the running and we're not. <laughs> All right. That's true. Oh, all right. So next week. So okay. So let's let's go over this week. We are going to stream games randomly this week. I cannot give you the time. As of now, it seems Wednesday is probably a preferred time. Um, so I am going to commit to Wednesday as long as um something doesn't happen. My grandfather passed away on Friday, so we've been dealing with that with my parents. Um anyway, so we aren't going to have a funeral, but there's just things that got to happen um, that I might be involved with. Um, and I work Wednesday, but I don't think I have to work really hard on Wednesday because it's <laughs> the holiday. So, um, you need to pay Tim Tams. <laughs> well, so I don't to, know what Tim Tams to, are. To be fair, Nobby, you've never sent me Tim Tams, and I still think you're amazing. Ship the Psych J. Let Psych J ration Tim Tams out. 
I'd have to come visit your house, Psych J. And, and and by, hey, you're going and there by for Thanksgiving. Between, yeah, we just yeah. heard you tell him you're going that's there right. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, but that's just for flan. That's that's an entirely <laughs> different thing. That's just to use him for flan. Right. Flan and Tim Tams. Yeah, fair enough. Dude, if you um, could make a Tim Tam crusted flan, I think I might die and go to heaven. Challenge I don't accepted. even know what Tim Tams are. I've never once had. They one. are magic. That's all I need to say. They are magic. All right. They are like they are like a cream filled like Kit Kat like cookie. They it's they're just amazing. All right. I'm gonna go look in my international. Uh, I, we have like they're, a couple... they don't have them. John already tried. Okay. At Meyer, the John already tried. No, I'm not going to go to Meyer. <laughs> oh, okay. We have international. We have other international stores that carry stuff that cost a fortune, but you know you don't get in the regular store. So that's where I get some of my chili oil from. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. Um. All right, so we're not going to stream Thursday for a fact because that's Thanksgiving. We're going to give everybody the time with their family. Um. The only way we'll stream is if the three of us are bored and we just want to throw <laughs> something up. Um, I have dinner at my parents' house, so I cannot get out of it, um, especially with my grandfather passing this year. It's like, this is going to be our memorial to him. Um, yeah. So I don't want to commit to, to, to Thursday in case, you know, <clears throat> somebody starts drinking and playing board games and... Next thing you know, it's like 10 o'clock and I'm coming home and, you know, then we try to stream and it's just the best. So we're just not going to stream on Thursday for sure. We were looking to stream Wednesday instead. Um, But we probably, if you want to play, you can put in the local or stream chat that you want to play. Otherwise, it's just going to be the three of us dicking around. Um, Though now I'm going to, now I kind of want to play I kind of want to play this one of these E-wing lists. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll we'll make that the challenge, right? Rebel only list, and you have to use like at least two unique pilots in a chassis. If you're gonna, I concede. <laughs> you can do it, man. You can do it. No, 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 no. He got his ass kicked last time we played Rebel. Yeah, I sure did. He made a six 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 list, but he lost. I sure Ooh, did. We could play. Our six 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 lists against each other and call it a a Wait. twelve off. A twelve uh, off. I specifically remember that Charles beat me last time he played Rebels. That Listen, is true. That was, All right. that was that was a crazy dumb build thing that we had to do for for Nickel City. That doesn't count because there were some very very off center build rules there. A win is a win, man. A win is a win. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, so let's close the show out. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week, uh, Sunday. We are going to probably stream. Uh, we're looking at either Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday this week. I, I don't have anything going this weekend, ironically enough. So um, anytime either of these two fuckers are around, we'll stream. So, And Charles needs practice for his V-Wings, so... There you go. That that's probably going to be a night where me and JJ team up together against Charles. So what we're gonna do here's here's the deal. This is what we're gonna do. Charles gets no voice, and me and JJ are gonna be on stream, 
and we're going to be talking about our list and we're, him and I are going to fly a list together. So JJ will fly the list and him and I will plan against Charles. And if Charles can win this way, then we know you got a good da goddamn list. Because if you could beat two people on stream. Yeah, this seems totally fair. With a V-Win list, <laughs> then we're golden. No? No, you don't want that. I, I'm, Hey, whatever, man. I need all the practice I can get, apparently. There you go. See? That's the attitude to have, bro. That's what but I, I get. Hold on, wait. I get Navi in my corner since V-Wings are basically just A-Wings anyway, right? Hey, if Tie Navi fighters. wants to, I'll tell you what. If Navi can figure out how to join you in chat, you're welcome to it. Not in our chat. I'm in. In I'm, in. I'm in. Navi can coach me. I'll all coach right. Navi. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Um, We'll be back next week with an amazing episode and we also uh, we're going to finish our rebel breakdown next week that's what we're going to do so we are going to 100 finish our rebel breakdown um and then after that we'll decide we're going to go but we'll probably move into scum after that that's kind of the goal so <clears throat> charles hint hint um we're moving into the scum breakdown i'm already ready i don't even need a document i do though <laughs> i need one so you're gonna i know you do me. i'll make one i'll make one um, but we're, we're, we're going to, we'll, we'll go to our scum breakdown after that. And then after that, we'll probably do empire. That's probably what we'll do. So maybe, and maybe we we'll get bring John on for that. Yep. We'll get John or Matt or maybe both of them to join us and see if somebody else can give us a perspective. So thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week, 9 PM Eastern and sometime during the week, whenever the hell we want to stream, probably Wednesday at <laughs> seven 30. Um, if I'm not too drunk, have a good night. See you then. <laughs>